Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're, We're your, your hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brooke. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hi, Michelle. Hey, Karis. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, I mean, I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited that we're sitting here doing a podcast together. And I think this has been a long time coming. Me too. Yeah. So since we are talking to our new friends for the first time today, Mm. why don't we kind of tell a little bit about ourselves, our families. We're both moms, but Mm -hmm. we're kind of moms at different stages of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me about your family. You're married. How long have you been married? Yep. So my husband, Mike, and I have been married for 14 years. 14 years. Awesome. And we have three boys, seven, four, and two. We also have a male dog, so I'm totally outnumbered. (laughs) (laughs) So you're you're on your own in boy land there. Yeah. Yeah. And I love all things cooking and reality TV. That pretty much sums up my passions. God, TV, and God, reality TV. And food. Yes. And just, yeah. yeah. God is first, and then reality, yeah. TV, and food are just right. Yeah. Close, you know, close, close tie. Close that, yeah. tie. Yeah. How about so, you, Paris? Why don't well, you tell us about your family? Yeah, your husband's name is Mike. My husband's name is also Mike. Mm-hmm. So that might be confusing when we tell stories. So we'll have to say Karis is Mike and Michelle's yes. Mike. And, and um, but I've been married to my husband, Mike, for 18 years. Oh. Have I been married for 18 years or 17 years? Um, well, you know, close enough. I think it's 18 uh, years. <laughs> That's what happens Feels when like you're a mom. like 30 sometimes. Right? Yeah. You just, your head just, yeah, your brain goes. No, 18 years. And uh, we got married when we were young. I was 20. He was 22. And um, we've got two daughters. And our oldest daughter is 16. Our youngest daughter is 14. She'll be 15 in like a month and a half. And mm. so, yeah, with, with, um, getting married young and then having kids almost kind of right away in our marriage. It's like, it's been a whirlwind into parenting. And a lot of the time I hardly feel like I am a grown up myself. Mm -hmm. And now I've got these two girls that are kind of on the launch pad into adulthood. And um, so, but I kind of think as we're, as we're talking, it's going to be kind of cool because I've got girls, you've got boys and um, we're kind of at two different phases of parenting. Your, your kids are on the young side and my Mine are older, mine are teenagers. So, mm-hmm. and like in terms of passions, I I enjoy you know binge watching Netflix as well. Just kind of anything yeah. like murder mystery yeah. or like crime or dark and scary. I love so, which that's is right. so funny because that's not your personality. No, and like you could come around a corner just a little bit too fast and like scare the wits out of me. So I'm like a super <laughs> jumpy person in real life, but I love to watch all these scary shows. So, and then I also love to garden and I have chickens um, that live in my backyard. So I kind of feel like I think I'm Laura Ingalls Wilder in my mind. Um, And I also like to cook, but I don't like to clean up. So that's a problem because I love to like make a mess in my kitchen and dirty every dish, but then I have to clean it up. So that's the worst. I've like gotten into the one pot meals and everything. So, okay, Michelle. So there's lots of parenting and relationship podcasts out there. Um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit and introduce everyone to co- what makes us unique and kind of where we're coming from. Why don't you talk a little bit about um, our ministry, Family Matters? Yep. 
Absolutely. So Family Matters has been in existence for 36 years. And the goal of Family Matters is to see families transformed by God's grace. And we do that through educating, equipping, and encouraging families for every stage of life. So we do marriage and parenting conferences um, all over the country, all over the world, actually, and have books and video studies to really teach and train people how to have grace be the trademark feature of all their relationships. And the reason that we do that is because, you know, when you look at the Bible, God is a parent, right? He is mm-hmm. our parent. He is called our father. So how how are we expected to be treating others? And it's the same way God treats us. And that's with with grace. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and your role at Family Matters is um, in fundraising, because we are a nonprofit. And so um, you've been with our ministry for how many years? About five years. About yep. five years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and something that everyone should know about me is that the ministry was founded by mm-hmm. Dr. Tim and his wife, Darcy Kimmel, and they are my parents. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've officially been with the ministry almost 10 years now, but it, you know, unofficially, this is how I've grown up. And yeah. so so making grace the central feature of our relationships is really something they started thinking about when they were youth pastoring back in the um, late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, even for Christians who, who understand grace um, from a, the perspective of salvation, right. that God gave us grace and the, the forgiveness of Christ's death on the cross, when we receive it, we, we receive the grace of salvation salvation, so many Christians don't realize that that grace actually extends into everything, not just, it doesn't just stay there at the foot of the cross and we leave it there and walk into the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. That grace really becomes the basis for, should become the basis for everything that we do. We should treat the people around us with the same kind of grace that God treats us Mm -hmm. with. And, and, you know, we've, we've, talked a lot about grace all all through the years it's kind of our it's kind of our channel mm-hmm. um, but I think a good definition for grace is is giving someone something that they desperately need but don't necessarily deserve I've also heard it defined as undeserved favor so God gives us his favor his love his presence regardless of whether we deserve it or not and so taking that, philosophy, we can apply that to our spouses, we can apply it to our kids, we can apply it to our coworkers. And and you really kind of approach life and saying, what does this person need? How can I give them what they desperately need? Rather than approaching everything saying, what does this person deserve to get right now? Or what do I feel like doing to them or with them because of how they've treated me? And you see Jesus preach this all through the Bible in the Sermon on the Mount and, you know, the kind of this idea of of the golden rule or the greatest commandment where to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and then love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And it isn't so much it's even more than loving them as we love ourselves, because sometimes we don't even love ourselves enough. (laughs) Right. But it should be trying to love other people the way that God loves us and give them grace the way that God gives us grace. Mm -hmm. And so talk a little bit about how you get from there to parenting. Right. That is one of the questions we get asked 
all the time here at Family Matters, specifically about discipline, right? Like, okay, so I get I get saving grace. I believe in Christ. He has saved me. And now I want to live that out because I'm transformed by that. And I want to live that out in my relationships. But what does that look like as a mom when these little rascals are making me pull my hair out. Like, (laughs) what does that look like lived in and out every day? And, and Karis, that's why I'm excited to talk with you today, because you, you have such a great insight on this. And I don't know if our listeners know, but you wrote a book last year called Grace-Based Discipline. And I was kind of hoping to pick your brain on this because you are just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this subject. You're warm, you're welcoming, you have a great relationship with your husband and your girls. And I know I really have benefited from hearing all your <laughs> advice. I go to you all the time and ask, what am I supposed to do with this strong-willed kid? <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I, I just really would love to hear kind of why you wrote this book and how this looks as a parent, you know, right. lived out. And, and what does grace look like? And what does it not look like in regards mm-hmm. to giving just, is that just a hall pass for, for misbehaving and disobedience? And maybe you can unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in terms of parenting in general, all through the Bible, God refers to himself as father, as our parent. It's, I think, the most common name he calls himself is father, is our father. And so it, you, it isn't just one single verse in the Bible where we get kind of the idea of parenting with grace. It's the fact that if God is our father and if we are his children, then the best relationship model, the best parenting model that there is to follow is that of how God parents us. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, it says the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. And so that connects the dots for me to say that grace is is um, includes discipline. Yeah, you know, Michelle, when I when I am speaking somewhere, teaching a a group of parents, Um, a lot of the time I'll do a a question answer time. And inevitably, you know, a parent will present me with a scenario, you know, something that their kid has done or, you know, struggle that they're having with their child. And they will ask some version of, okay, so in this scenario, should I um, give them grace or should I discipline them? And I think fundamentally that's the wrong question, and it's an it's a misunderstanding of both grace and discipline. Um, we should always give our kids grace, but sometimes we d- should discipline them too. Mm-hmm. Discipline is a form of grace, mm-hmm. and it's a form of grace that our heavenly Father gives us sometimes when we need it. And so, so really, grace and discipline are not, you know opposites. Mm-hmm. They're not kind of two competing forces against each other. Discipline fits into grace-based relationships because it helps. Um, you know, we, we don't want to send our kids into a world that just does not suffer fools, being total jerks, not being prepared mm-hmm. for the world that they're going to face. And so it's actually loving and gracious that we discipline them um, to prepare them. Right. So, yeah. One example, we were talking about this earlier, but I have um, a seven-year-old and I, so I'm kind of coming from a younger perspective of parenting, but then I know you have some great examples too with your girls, but we have um, a very, very early riser. Okay, oh. like we're talking 4:20 a.m. every day. Oh lord. And so we have some rules for him. He needs to stay in his bed until 5:30, right? Like yeah. We don't want to see you. I don't care what you do. You can count the 
popcorn on your ceiling, but you need to stay in bed. Well, he kept breaking that rule and he was coming up at 420 and waking everybody up in the house. He was waking up his younger brothers and they were crabs for the day. And so he did it again. And we said, okay, what, you know, this was the rule that you, we made for you. You have broken this rule. In order for us to be gracious to you and Mm -hmm. teach you that this is not kind to people in our home and you're breaking the rules, you're going to lose. And for him, he's really into football. So we took away his football jerseys for a week. He couldn't wear those to school, (laughs) which thank you. It was like a nice break from the monotony. So I just, I put him in my closet. I said, you'll get those back in a week. Um, We talked it through and he was fine with it. Again, he's a firstborn, so he's pretty easygoing. But for us to withhold you know, we, we showed him a lot of grace. We did not withhold, uh, what am I trying to say, discipline from him. He had a consequence because he broke the rules. But yeah. to allow him to keep doing that and making everyone get up early, it would it would be cruel. And it would forbid right. him from learning yeah. Um, yeah. that there are boundaries and there are rules that you have to follow. And I'm doing this because I love you. And I want yeah. you to be a good, godly man. Yeah. Yeah. And some things are even, I, I mean, we'll talk more about rules in a little bit, but you know, that's, that's more a practical thing. Like right. he's not sinful for waking up at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. He's not evil. He just, that's just how he's hardwired. You know, he may always be, I mean, this might be a phase. Mm-hmm. This also just might be who he is. You know, mm-hmm. he's just an early riser. That's something that God built into him. It's not wrong, mm-hmm. but it's different than the rest of your family right. who would rather sleep longer than that. And so, yeah, we, what was gracious about it is that you're not attacking him and how he's made. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is in order for all of the family to live together, everybody has to compromise a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have to get up maybe a little earlier than we might like, but you're going to have to, you know, find a quiet activity or something that you can do or stay in bed until this time for everybody else's sake. And mm-hmm. so it just teaches compromise. It teaches right. living together with other people that are different than you. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's a life skill that's going to serve him well in the right. future. And so that's a great example of how discipline is gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gracious to all the other people in your family, your other children who his early rising and waking them up, that affects your other children. Mm-hmm. So it's gracious to them to put limits and, and consequences when those mm-hmm. when those rules are broken. But it also teaches and trains him. And mm-hmm. so much of where you're at with parenting with your young kids is about teaching and training. Mm-hmm. Because discipline isn't just consequences. It's not just how you respond when they do something wrong. It's also teaching what them what they should do instead, mm-hmm. helping them know what's appropriate, helping them know words that they can use that are better. I know with my girls all the time, we talk about, you know, it isn't always what you say. It's how you say it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it isn't always what you do. It's how you do it and how it affects other people that is what we're really trying to to get through to you. So I think that's a great example. One so, thing you I would like you to maybe share is you have this great concept of the do-over. Can you explain how that works? Yeah. As far as a real-life practical example of what does grace-based discipline look like when when a child's being right. sassy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in my book, I kind of, I there's a whole section where the, these are just tactics and strategies for discipline, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in, in you, you have to build this on a basis of love, kindness, respect, a heart-connected relationship that you have with your kid. And that starts from the moment they're born and you're earning, the, really, you're not earning it, but you're, you're creating a platform with the love and respect that you show them and kindness that you show them to speak into their lives. 
Um, and so one of the strategies that I love, we were just talking about words and how you say something, because I have older girls and teenagers and kind of the tween years start <laughs> earlier than anybody's ready for. And with that, at least with my girls, um, came sassiness. And that mm -hmm. tended to be it transitioned from being all sorts of just doing stuff that was dangerous or inappropriate to the words that they were using and the tone that they were using. Um, and the first thing I'll say about that is, you know, as moms, they mimic us sometimes. So mm -hmm. I definitely learned a lot about my own tone with them and how that affected the whole dynamic of the home. So I really had to learn to measure my own tone. But something I introduced at that point was what I call the do-over. And this isn't necessarily my concept, but the way that it worked in our house, especially when it was words, they would say something sassy or, or um, you know, dishonoring or unkind, or even, you know, they're, they've raised their voice and gotten angry. And I'll just say, okay, stop, rewind, do over. And you kind of have to train this in advance to say, you know what we're going to try mm -hmm. with words is we're going to try this thing called a do-over. So if you're talking in a way that's unkind, if you say something in a disrespectful way, we're going to kind of try a stop and rewind and you'll get a chance to try it again. Mm -hmm. And if they, if in that do-over, they reform their behavior, nothing else happens. Mm -hmm. There's no consequence. So let me give you a real life example. So, you know. My younger daughter comes into the kitchen and she's like, what's for dinner, mom? And I say, oh, it's chicken and rice. And she's like, oh, chicken again? Seriously? <laughs> right? And I go, okay, stop, rewind, do over. She goes, oh, okay, chicken. Um, is it okay if I make myself a peanut butter jelly sandwich for dinner? Okay. Yeah. You know, she was sick of chicken, yeah. and frankly, she probably had a right to be sick of chicken because I was making a lot of chicken at that point. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of ways that could have gone. She could have changed how she said it in a lot of different ways. But in that instance, I felt like, okay, she found a way to not be disrespectful, to ask if she could have something different that she would make herself, and she found a solution. So I love do-overs in the moment because it gives our kids a chance to, to assess their own behavior what was wrong with it, and then how to fix it in real time, in real life situations. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to have kids who, when you give them a do-over, they say something worse or they don't participate. And then at that point, it kind of gets elevated to the next level and there's a consequence. But, right. Right. but yeah, I love do-overs just as a practical tip, especially when they get a little older. And so. it just shows you did such a great job responding um, with grace and the fact that you allowed her to be vulnerable and to be honest and you didn't take it personally yeah. when she yeah. had a rude comment about your, you know, your chicken and rice again. It was like, right. I'm going to let that roll off my back because this mm -hmm. isn't about me. Right. We need to tweak this, this attitude, this heart issue mm -hmm. in you. Yeah. And I'm not going to be offended by what you said. Yeah. Yeah. At its core, grace-based discipline is discipline that is for our kids, mm -hmm. for their best interest and for their eventual good. Right. It's not about us. It's even though we want us. it to be sometimes, even though, right? Even though we get hurt and we mm -hmm. get angry and things that they say, you know, um, just light our fuse and we want to blow up. And I'm not perfect, so I mess up all the time. But, um, you know, a key to grace-based discipline is that we have to learn to respond rather than react. Mm. And those are not the same thing. When we react, we're 
just kind of letting our emotions drive us. Mm-hmm. We're doing the first thing that comes into our, you know, saying the first thing that comes into our heads, doing the first thing that we feel like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've got to learn to act like first responders who are calm, who approach these sort of crisis situations that our kids' discipline creates in our hearts and our homes and our emotions. We, we've got to learn to, to approach them with the calm um, kind of demeanor of a first responder where we say we kind of assess what's going on, we triage what's the most important thing, and then we determine what we're going to do first. And I know that that sounds like you know, that's a lot. I mean, it is, but it, it is something that just we practice over time. Right. And, you know, Lord knows we discipline. This was something that even it surprised me, even growing up in this ministry and hearing my parents teach so much about parenting, feeling like I probably had this parenting thing mm-hmm. on lock right. when I had my kids and quickly learned that, it, yeah, no, I don't. Um, and uh, but something that surprised me so much is how much you have to discipline. Oh, yeah. It just feels constant mm-hmm. sometimes, especially if you have strong-willed kids, mm-hmm. especially when they're a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just constant work. Right. And, you know, we feel like it would be so much easier just not to do it some days. Mm-hmm. But it's just really important to kind of keep in mind that the, the, really the only thing harder than disciplining is not disciplining now right. when they're under our roof and we have influence mm-hmm. in their lives Absolutely. because then they grow up and they have not developed the character that they need mm-hmm. to live in this world as happy, healthy, uh, you know, adults that mm-hmm. can make a positive contribution. Mm-hmm. And and so much of 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 discipline helps them have happy relationships in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all we want for our kids. We right. want for their relationships as they go into the world, whether it's their marriages, their own relationships with their kids, with their coworkers, with mm-hmm. us. We want for those to be life-giving relationships that are whole. Mm-hmm. And discipline is a huge part of that. So we do. It just means being consistent mm-hmm. and doing it constantly. So what would you say to someone that is hearing this and saying, man, I have not been disciplining with with grace. What what's a good place to start? How would you gauge whether you're disciplining too much, whether you're using too much punishment mm-hmm. versus discipline and shame? How does that all come into play? Yeah, I, I mean, I think bad discipline can always be salvaged. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think that a lot of people probably aren't disciplining as much as they need to, but probably the people listening to this podcast are not in that category. You know, they're you're con- they're conscientious. So you guys are listening to us talk about this subject. You came here because you wanted to know more about it. So you're already in the category of parents that are really trying to do this well and do it right. But, you know, when we feel like we haven't disciplined with grace in the past, first of all, we need to we need to start with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We need to ask the Lord to forgive us in the ways that we think that we've been consistently kind of falling short on this. We need to, you know, specifically ask our kids for forgiveness in, in you know, big ways and small ways. So, you know, go to them regardless of their age and you have to kind of make it an age appropriate conversation with them. If they're real young, you know, keep it really simple. If they're older, this can be a longer conversation. But just say, forgive me because I think I've been focusing on the wrong things with mm-hmm. you. I'm trying to be the best parent that I can be, but I don't always know what the right thing to do is. And I think I've been focusing on things that aren't aren't important. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, things that you've been doing that aren't a big deal, but they are inconvenient to me. So I've been hyper-focusing on those things. Or forgive me for just letting everything slide, you know, because sometimes just out of sheer over being overwhelmed or exhaustion or, or, you know, I don't want to say laziness because I just don't think parents, especially not parents that listen to this podcast, are not lazy. You just get stuck and you don't know what to do. So then you do nothing. That's equally damaging to our kids, you know, so for asking for forgiveness for that and then and then adopt sort of a culture of forgiveness in your home where you actively in real time ask for forgiveness if you mess up, if you raise your voice, Mm -hmm. if you say the wrong thing, you know, even if it's in response to something that they did that was wrong, you know, get used to saying, you know what, what you did was wrong. But the way that I responded to you was also wrong. Mm -hmm. I raised my voice. I said unkind words. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me. Right. And what a great example, because yeah. that is teaching them how to have such good character. Those are the type of people you want to be friends with, when, yeah. right? Like it's hard to be in relationship with people that are too proud mm-hmm. to apologize. Yeah. You right. Know? And so you're just training them up um, to be great adults. Because we're yeah. like you said, it's not about us having these perfect, well-behaved kids that look good in church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's not about yeah. behavior yeah. modification. Right. We're getting to the heart and yeah. we want to, you know, launch them into adulthood as um godly men and women that people want to employ. Yeah. People want to be friends with, you know, yeah. that are great neighbors, great friends. It's a lot of work, but it it's is a lot of work. It. It's so <laughs> worth it. And so rarely do you hear, I feel like a real apology anymore you know politicians are mm-hmm. issue non-apologies public figures apologize for something and it, it's very often if i offended somebody please forgive me and it's not i did this it was wrong gosh i just forgot myself there for a minute and i said the wrong thing i did the wrong thing i am so sorry that i hurt mm-hmm. hurt you or i'm so sorry that i just offended this whole group of people who i clearly care a lot about please forgive me like what if politicians yeah. actually started saying that right. i think everybody thinks if they admit that they make mistakes that people are going to have less respect for them but i know for a fact especially in our families and in amongst uh the people who we're closest to and that we love it's actually the opposite right when we admit that we make mistakes and we you know call them out by name specifically and mm-hmm. say when i did that when i said that i was wrong i'm so mm-hmm. sorry please forgive me it builds so much respect in the hearts of our kids for us mm-hmm. they recognize we're not perfect we don't do everything right i mean you cannot hide from your kids they know you're not perfect and you don't do everything right they mm-hmm. already know that right. <laughs> you know there's no facade to keep up and so when we ask for forgiveness yeah it gives them a real time example of how to do that themselves and so that's going to help your own kids to together. You know, if you get into a habit of asking for forgiveness from your kids, from your spouse, letting Mm -hmm. them see that sometimes when you have kids that are fighting or one wrongs the other one, they now have an example to follow. They have a model where you can say, okay, it's really time for you to apologize for Mm -hmm. your part in that and ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes a long way. So, And one thing that you mentioned, but you just talk about heart connection. So after you have to, you know, discipline or correct a child, why is it so important to connect with your with your kids afterward? Yeah. Um, and what does that look like for an older kid versus a, a younger child? I think a key to this is that we've got to separate our kids' behavior from their hearts. Hmm. It's really, really easy, especially when we've got a strong-willed child or a kid that is just consistently behaving in ways that 
we do not <laughs> find favorable, yeah. right? To, to start to let their behavior in our minds and in our hearts become who they are. And when that happens, we start to, it starts to define our relationship with them based on the worst parts of their behavior. And so we've got to try to, you know, in our minds and hearts, separate that behavior from their heart. And and that's actually biblical. I mean, it helps us emotionally. It helps kind of de-escalate our emotions when we do that. But it's also biblical because God separates our behavior from our heart. It says that he separates our sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. And, and in Psalms 8, it says he doesn't deal with us based on, you know, how we act, based on our sins, but based on Christ's righteousness. And, and um, you know, obviously in Psalms, it's not talking specifically about Christ, but it's mm-hmm. it's prophesying that that's where this, the redemption of Christ is becomes who we are. Um, and his sacrifice makes us new. And so with our kids, we need to we need to really say, okay, they're doing these things right now. And, and here's a good example. If our kid says something that's not true, we want to be, you know, we want to be careful to say, okay, what you said was not true or what you said was a lie. Don't say you're a liar or don't say you're mean. You want to say what you did was unkind. Mm-hmm. You're not and labeling. So you're not the labeling child them. by the behavior. Right. You're not making okay. their behavior who they are because it's not who they are mm-hmm. and it's not how God sees them. So if we can separate their behavior from their heart, it goes a long way to helping us see them how God sees them. It helps us get our emotions under control. It helps us not take their behavior personally. You know, we can't let their their bad behavior surprise us. It shouldn't surprise us when, you know, we we give birth to to human beings who are are sinful just like us. And so it shouldn't surprise us when they act out of their sinful nature. And we we lose so much emotional energy going, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they did that. Believe it. <laughs> Don't be shocked. <laughs> Don't be shocked. And um, so in my book, I have, I have kind of a mental exercise that people can do called the basket exercise. So if you want to know how to do this in, in a more structured way, this is something you can practice all the time on your own. It's just something you do in your own mind. You can read about that in the intro to my book, Grace-Based Discipline. Awesome. That's great. One quick thought on this. I have a friend talking about heart connection, and I thought this was just a beautiful example of this. Um, her son was being a goofball and made some really poor choices. He's a teenager. And she, um, I'm sure in her heart was just like, I I don't want to be around you right now. Like, you know, these are the rules. You broke them. You hurt our family and um, you're making damaging choices. But instead, she drew him in. So he made a bad choice. And then she said, well, congratulations, son. You get the next 30 days to be my wingman. You you lost your car. You get to drive with mom everywhere. I'll bring you to school. I'll bring you home. You'll come to my haircuts. You'll come to my doctor's appointments with me. You are attached to my side because I need to connect with you because obviously there's something broken here. Yeah. And a couple years later, he said, mom, do you know that time that you made me go to your gyno appointment and your <laughs> and your nail appointment? It was terrible, but it was so um, pivotal for me because I know you wanted to spend time with me, even though I was caught oh, up in a lot of he sin. He said that to his yeah. mom. Yeah. yeah. He came back and he realized, you know, with a little bit of time and um, to reflect that 
that was so impactful. And I think about that, even with young kids, it's easy to say, oh, you are such a thorn in my side, go to your room. And I never want to see you until you're like coming out for graduation. But there is this sweet piece of wanting to reconnect and then forgetting that sin and not bringing it up or yeah. that, you know, the, yeah. mm-hmm. the bad behavior and not shaming them about it and just mm-hmm. drawing them in close, just like God does with us, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't want to ever have shame sort of creep into how we discipline our kids because then that's punishment. And punishment and, and uh, discipline are, are two totally different things, even though we kind of use them interchangeably, the word. Punishment is about getting even. It's about mm-hmm. giving somebody what they deserve, mm-hmm. right? But grace is different than that. It's about giving them what they need regardless of what they deserve. Right. Um, and so it's really easy to fall in the, into the trap of punishing our kids rather than disciplining them if we stay in reactive mode. Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we stay in our own emotions and in this sort of fight or flight place of just being totally shell-shocked, then we're going to react and very often it's going to cause us to act in a way that's best for us, that makes mm-hmm. us feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's not discipline. Right. <laughs> that's punishing our kids. That's getting even with them. That's, uh, you know, it's not about reforming and redeeming and restoring their behavior. And um, I think a big kind of like a litmus test for this and in, in, in a way that we, at least for me, this is the red flag is shame. Anytime sort of shame is injected into our uh, interactions with our kids, then it's punishment, not discipline. Because shame is never from God. Shame is something that was put to death with Christ on the cross. And so, um, sure, uh, conviction, you know, feeling convicted about something that we've done that doesn't line up with God's truth, that's that's from God. But there's a difference between con- conviction and shame. Right. Um, and so... Like I said, things like calling our kid a liar rather than saying what you said wasn't true. That's a lie. We don't lie. It goes from being disciplined, pointing out what the, the behavior that was wrong, why it was wrong, to trying to define who they are by that behavior. Right. Or I even think, um, you know, my girls are older. They're on social media now. Um you know, we I follow them on all their social media there. We're all connected and everything with that. But I see a lot of parents, you know, kind of rant and post mm-hmm. about stuff that their kids did wrong. And like, you know, Tiffany like decided that she was going to stay out past her curfew and came home late. So now she's, you know, sweeping my kitchen floor. I personally think that that crosses a line where, yeah, she came home late for her curfew. She is going to get a consequence for it. But airing that out for everyone to hear, I think, takes it over the line of now you're you're trying to use a little bit of shame to get to get back at her or to get her attention. Right. Even if you're trying to do it with good intentions, like maybe if I shame them a little, they'll never do this again. I, God doesn't do that to us. He just right. doesn't. You know, so I have to look at it and go, I just don't think I think we have to be careful as parents and we will make mistakes. So then. Yes. What do we say? Go back to forgiveness, right? right. Um, when that happens. But yeah, I, I mean, I think this has been a kind of a really good first talk about yeah. about parenting and grace and mm-hmm. discipline. And, um, you know, if you if you want to know more about this, if you'd really like to kind of go deeper, um, 
like Michelle said, I, I wrote a book last year called Grace-Based Discipline. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at familymatters.net. But also, uh, there is a video study by the same name, Grace-Based Discipline. It's avail available on Right Now Media. It's available through familymatters.net. And it's actually a great way if you're you know, if you want to kind of learn that way, if you learn visually and, and auditorially, if you want to kind of watch and listen to that, even better, get a group of girlfriends or a group of couples together and do the the study together because you watch just a little bit of teaching and then there's time to um, discuss and reflect together and pray for each other because we need this community as yeah, as absolutely. moms and dads. It's just so hard to go this alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I so appreciate all your insight and your wisdom into this. You're kind of in the next stage ahead yeah. of me with I'm, parenting. I'm just up the road from yes, you. Yeah. yeah. And I know everyone's going to be at a different stage, but we, we do need community. We can't do this alone, right? Yeah, and we, we can't do it alone. Right. Yeah. And we, and we all, the Lord. <laughs> we need the Lord and we need laughter. And yeah. I love your kids. They are like oh. the most hysterical little boys. And so I can't wait to kind of get to know them better and, and for our listeners to get to know them better and, oh. and the fun stuff that they do because that's what we need to we need to just sometimes just, just laugh at laugh. how ridiculous it you all is to. sometimes yeah. so you either laugh or you're going to be crying right? yeah so laugh or cry and so we gotta laugh yeah. thank you for listening to the grace-based families podcast this is part of family matters ministries for more podcasts and resources check us out on familymatters.net slash podcast or stream us on all major podcast platforms once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.